0: poetry, supporting our authors here today. I'm very happy to uh, have both Amira and Baraka here again. Uh, they are friends of Wada uh, Books. and um, Amira has been a writer all, almost all her adult life. She produced, um, so far, two uh, anthologies of uh, poetry. This is her second anthology, uh, These Ramadan Lights, which just arrived in Wada Books. This is the early one desiring light. NCD Baraka. Uh, He comes from uh, the United States, uh, but he really travels the world, and he's been traveling the world, promoting his uh, book, The Art of Remembrance. Previously he was here, he was promoting his uh, earlier book, Empty and the Ocean, and uh, Rebid Diaspora. But today he is with us to talk about his book, The Art of Remembrance. So, Alhamdulillah, the theme for tonight is Truth and Beauty. Uh, So it's something I chose because it is something I feel that the medium of the book and the medium of the written word uh, really helps people access um, truth and beauty because the medium determines the message So today the flow will be we will have Amira talk about her book of poetry and have her read from some of her poems and then we will have Siddhi Baraka who will speak about the theme of tonight which is truth and beauty then he will talk about
1: his book and inshaAllah read some of the future. So uh, bismillah, Bisillah, uh, we can start with uh Anira. Uh Asalaamu alaikum warahmatulla. Uh, thank you so very much for the for, for turning up tonight. Um when Barakabla was in 2017. There's a picture of us uh when you go up the stairs on the left if you see. Um, And he started with this and I'm going to steal it from him Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so he quoted Imam Ghazali Who's one of my favourite scholars ever And he said that um, each of our breath is a jewel A priceless jewel And once it's taken away or like once it's gone Like it it never comes back Um, And so he had started by thanking everybody For sharing your breaths with us Mm. And I I really thank everybody for coming here Because you know it's when my first book came out, it was right in the middle of Covid, everything was online and so I didn't physically see <laughs> people turning up or whatever. Um, so it's really nice to be with you all. Um, so my second book is called This Ramadan Lights. Um, and I think I started um, writing a daily poem for every day of Ramadan, maybe like five or six years ago. Um, and I. Ramadan is obviously, for a lot of us, it's our favourite month of the year, right? Like we just feel calmer, we are happier, we are joyful, because shaitan is not around, and we only have like, you know, one less um, enemy to, to deal with. Um, and I felt that like writing poetry in Ramadan, um, it just felt more honest, you know? Like I felt like it came out from a maybe better place, and I think that's why I really wanted the book cover, I don't know if you can see, um, for this to be like a portal, because I felt like Ramadan is really like a portal where we step into a different state that we can access. Um, and I think for me, publishing the second book um, of Ramadan poetry, so like this book, it's, there are 60 poems over, so one poem a day that I wrote over two Ramadans. Um, and I think I wanted it to be, to accompany that, that Ramadan spirit with us, like throughout the year. right? So. Um, and I have a poem that I'm not going to read tonight, but there's one in here where it's me negotiating with God. Like, can we have Ramadan every six months? Because like one year is, for me is like, it's too long for me to wait till the next Ramadan. Um, but yeah, so I'll just, I'll just read a few poems and that Barakablu will do the rest of the talking, inshallah. <laughs> so one of the themes of Ramadan, especially for us, I think is... Um, that it's about transformation, right? We, hope, we go into Ramadan hoping that we come out Like a better person With less anger Less selfi- less selfishness Less greed and all those things um, I think this, this poem speaks about that So, bismillah This one is called Transform Ilahi The doors of shaitan are so many Anger and greed and envy and praise Money and fame Desires ablaze So many fires to put out so many gates to close. There's just one of me, yet Shaitan's army grows. A it here, at the Hajjut there. My sincerity suspect. My tongue runs foul. Anger feels great. Entitlement, even better. The more I worship, is my nafs getting stronger? Ilahi, I will stop running now. No more doing, just being. This tired heart submitting. There is no power nor strength except by you. Will you let Ramadan transform me, please?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um,
1: the other reason why I think I compiled these poems is, like based on feedback from my first book, um, it felt like a lot of people felt like they had to be a certain person or do certain things before they could speak to God, right? Like, oh, I need to have wudu. I need to do two rakat of prayer i need to wear hijab first i need to do all these things before they could approach god um and i think when they read my poems the word that kept coming up was how it was raw and vulnerable and and i think for me it was like okay maybe people just need to be told or be given permission like no actually you can come to god and like complain to him about having socks in your uh, having holes In your socks or not getting a parking spot or like just the smallest things that we deal with on a day-to-day basis instead of just like the major spiritual stuff um and so and so i think it's like it's the conversation with god is both ways right like so like we complain to him about everything and then he also responds to us if we if we pay attention and i think like half of poetry is paying attention (laughs) being a poet is like just paying attention and like just being aware of things Uh, so this one is called love notes god sends me love notes sometimes it looks like raindrops on the window or falling snow on my elated face last night it was a warm cookie heated up by a younger brother sometimes it's reciting don't grieve Allah is with us needing to pause while my soul say thanks or, sing, or singing Jason Mraz lyrics, Wherever you go, you can always come back home, at the top of my lungs, on a midnight drive. God sends me love notes. Sometimes I don't read them, because the handwriting is scratches, left behind on a bruised heart, a goodbye that came unexpectedly, or a departure much too soon. But he sends them anyway, sometimes 30 times a day, when I need it the most. I need only to look, and I'll find a new one each time.
2: <laughs> um,
1: okay, I'll read one more uh, that's about Ramadan, um, and then one more of a more general poem, I guess. Um, so this is one of my favorite things about Ramadan, is that it, I think it makes my head quieter, <laughs> otherwise there's too many... noisy noisy things happening. So this one is literally called Hush. Ramadan quietens me. It's been three days and not a single why has popped up in my attic of a mine where anxieties keep leaving their boxes. My heart is like contented cat asleep in my favourite shoe, the warm sun shining. The Ramadan silence is calming like a mother shushing lulling her sick child to sleep. All my why's and buts And how in other months Turn to as you wish As you wish As you wish Hmm. In Ramadan (coughs) Okay, actually I'll read one more Ramadan one Just because I feel like the ones I've read um, Make it sound like It's all nice and dandy But Obviously, we all know <coughs> Ramadan is also hard. <laughs> um, mm. And so this one is called Mid-Ramadan Slump. It goes, Oh oh I know this feeling. It's the point in the month when fatigue has set in. All that interu- interrupted sleep and dehydration is giving me headaches and a sore throat. When my ex- excitement at the coming of Ramadan is no longer blazing but simmering. It's when I realize none of my problems have been solved and I'm exactly the same person I was nine days ago. I have not become impervious to unkind words. Ramadan comforted me, but did not take my sadness away. Thankfully, I am wiser today. I've experienced enough Ramadans to know, to hold on dearly. To the Quran and Taraweeh and Qiyam prayers, they're still protecting me and nourishing me daily, even if my mood has gone from cheery to cranky. My problems aren't solved, but I've got a clarity that's new. My sadness won't devastate me, Ramadan keeps it an arm's length away, bolstering me as I work on my strength each day. Each worship, each tear, each poem becomes a piece of shiny spiritual armour being put in place. Carefully, gradually, it will come together, preparing me for life out of Ramadan's shelter. Can, can I
0: ask, uh, yes. the, the poems are dated yes. for each day of Ramadan, uh, was that your process to write for each day of Ramadan, and if you did, in which part of the day was it?
1: Um, I just knew that I wanted to write a poem a day, uh, so there wasn't a specific time, um, it depends, like usually, I just make sure that I do it before, every 24 hours. Right, so it could be after Fajr if something came up or like between Maghrib to Isha, Um But yeah, I just made sure that I wanted to have one, um, one poem a day that I wrote in Ramadan
0: And do you find that uh, you write more in Ramadan than in other months?
1: Um, yes, only because I make it a point to write everyday like Yeah, it's just the, because I know it's Ramadan because I feel like my words are more honest in Ramadan (laughs) and that's why I I try to make it a point Um, yeah so I haven't written in a while actually so (laughs) so I need need Ramadan to come back so (laughs) yeah Um, okay I think I read one more just last one Um, so this was on the last day of Ramadan um, and it's titled I only tried to worship you I only tried to worship you even as I loved other loves When I tried to put a smile on their faces, it was only your pleasure I truly desired. When I held back my tongue, as their their words scarred me, I did not lash out because I was worshipping you. If I held on too long or left too early, in my despair and in my rage, I only tried to worship you. I only walked again, broken heart and hands. I hoped and I tried again as worship for you. When I begged to be fixed, it was only because, because I wanted to be fit to worship you proper. If I asked for a husband or for children, I wanted to love and serve them because I wanted to worship just you. In my outpouring of tears that turned into poetry, of sobs that turned into supplication, it was all my forms of worship. Through my many earnest mistakes and in my shaky steps, I hope you knew I only tried to worship you. you. Alrighty, thank you so much. I hope you guys could hear me. I'm not really a speaker. I'm a writer, so (laughs) I hope you could hear it. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, you, Amira, for your um, uh, thoughts on your own book and for your for for reading from this book. (coughs) And now we move on to.
2: Bismillahirrahmanirrahim With your permission uh, I wanted to because the people in the back are making me So maybe Hajra we could sit a couple people here and here we can all get comfortable cozy (laughs) Mashallah look at us like COVID never happened (laughs) Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen as-salatu wa salam ala ashraf al was wa s-sayid al-mursaleen wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam Allahumma salli ala sayidina Muhammadin Miftahi babi rahmeti la adada ma fi ilmi la salatun wa s-salamun daimaini bidawamu mukila wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala Rabbi ashrahli sadri wa yusalli amri wa ahlul uqtatin min lisani yafahu qawli Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
1: Wa wa
2: Alhamdulillah, we're honored to be here. We express our deep gratitude to Sidi Ibrahim and uh, our family at Warda Books. And uh, it's always a pleasure to be here. Alhamdulillah. I'm just going to begin by reciting a poem and we'll say some words afterwards, inshallah. Mm. What you seek is seeking you. And what you speak, you speak into existence in a realm you'll soon awaken from this dream into. When the being of light descends and says, it's now my time to meet with you and opens up the body's cage and lets the spirit free in you. The mystery is deep in you, if you yourself could peek in through the veil of you that isn't you, but that you've come to think is you. The one who poured before is pouring more, is there a leak in you? You're thirsty as the desert for the rain, but there's a spring in you an oasis in the placeless, come inside and have a drink or two. This is no mirage, the mirage is what you think is true. All is a mirage except the face that always speaks to you through every single tongue, all praise the one who is uniquely true. Rays of the feathered sun point to the one who casts its heat in you. And all the mirrored forms reflect the light. Look how it beams in you. Who receives this breath of life? And who is it that breathes in you? The path of letting go of you is the only path that leads to you that paradisal tree whose leaves eternally are deep in bloom. The secret of all secrets is you hold its very seeds in you. The treasure that was loving to be known has hid its keys in you. Is not the chest that holds its jewels, the chest that you are breathing through so mount the back of the barak and grab its reins the noble steeds in you you think yourself a single drop of rain and yet the seas in you give yourself completely now don't wait until he seizes you you think yourself a creature made of clay and yet he sees in you. The ear through which he hears, the very hand with which he sees is through. Maramaiti ramite, it wasn't you, but it was we who threw. What you seek, before a you to seek, it was seeking you. And the only thing that's keeping you from oneness is your scene too.
0: <laughs>
2: so, this uh, poem is about the secret, the mystery of being a human being. And in our spiritual psychology or spiritual tradition, they talk about the descending levels into ourselves. And many of us, especially in the modern world, we remain on the surface of ourselves. But the human being has great depths, and this is central to the Islamic tradition, but all of the wisdom traditions of humankind, that we are far more than simply our physical bodies, and we have descending levels into our being that we can potentially access, if not in actuality. And so in our tradition, they talk about the sadr being the chest or the breast. Then within that, the heart, the qalb. Then within that, the ruh, the spirit. Then within that, the sir, which is often translated as the secret. And then within that, they say sir as sir, the secret of the secret. But I would argue that a better translation of sir than secret is mystery. And what is the difference between a secret and a mystery, Ibrahim? What do you think? <laughs> He's the one that reads all
0: the books in here, so he Yes, we had a hand. A secret is to be kept, and a mystery is to be discovered and
2: shared. Mm, that's beautiful. The way I would put it, another way, is that a secret is something that you don't tell, but a mystery is something that you can't tell. <laughs> that must be experienced and that's the nature of the human subjectivity and so we have hadith such as the heavens and the earth cannot contain me but the heart of my believing servant can contain me or the heart of the believer is the throne of the all-merciful and this great mystery is ultimately our relationship to the infinite and to the absolute and to that which transcends our limited finite selfhood such that Rumi says very beautifully that the he uses the analogy he said I was knocking on my beloved's door but the door wouldn't open so I kept knocking (laughs) but it still wouldn't open but I refused to turn away so I kept knocking until my knuckles wore thin and finally the door opened and I realized I had been knocking from the inside. (laughs) And Imam Ghazali puts it that we each have the heart, that spiritual heart, has a door out to the five senses, which is the door that's usually open for most people. But there's an inner door that opens to the lawal al Mahfu, the preserved tablet, to the Divine Presence. And that one is closed for most people. And maybe we get a glimpse of it in very special experiences. But for the saintly ones and for the prophetic ones, both doors are open. So they become like a window from the garden to us and we feel the breezes when they're in our presence. If you're interested in that Book 20 of the Ehya, The Marvels of the Heart which I bet is here Is it? Talks about that He didn't plant me to say that but uh, you can find that here I know he would have that So alhamdulillah, what you seek is seeking you And this is a beautiful thing that is referenced in this poem this amazing hadith that the Divine Voice said, I was a hidden treasure and I loved to be known, so I created. I was a hidden treasure and I loved to be known, so I created. So this oft-quoted hadith by the Sufis is that the whole purpose of multiplicity is that the Divine Unity wished to be known. And, this is a bit tangential, but you may ask, didn't the Divine already know Itself? (laughs) No. But isn't the knowing you have of yourself different than the knowing you receive through an intimate Beloved of yourself? That they are like a mirror of yourself through which you witness yourself in a new way that you didn't see yourself before. And the Prophet said, Al Mu'min Mirat al Mu'min that the faithful is the mirror of the faithful. That we're mirrors of each other. And there's many levels of commentary on this. One is that we reflect back to each other our qualities. And we're supposed to support each other on the path. So we lovingly reflect back so we can each grow. Not to point out each other's fault, but just like your mirror lets you know, oh, my hair is a little bit... I need to comb it. Likewise, your brother and sister on the path will let you know, you know, spiritually, in a soft and gentle and loving way. Not with any ego or to call you out, but to call you in. And on a deeper level that if we find ourselves challenged by someone or an interaction with someone, that perhaps that mirror, that reflection is a is a gift for us to see and to grow. And of course, they always say, if you see a fault in someone, to remind yourself, you wouldn't be able to see that fault if it wasn't also in you. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to recognize it unless it was something in you as well. And uh, Rumi tells a story that there there was a lion and a hare. Now, the lion wanted to eat the hare, but the hare didn't want to get eaten by the lion, naturally. So he devised a plan. And so he told him, wait a second, before you eat me, there's something you should know. There's another lion just across the field And he's eaten up all the hares like me. He's encroaching on your territory. So the lion said, take me to him. Where is he? And he said, okay, let me get on your back and I'll direct you to him. So the hare jumped on the lion's back. He directed him where to go and he directed him to this well. And he said, look in there, you'll find the other lion. And he looked in and he saw a ferocious lion. And then he showed his teeth and the other lion showed its teeth. And then he roared, and the other lion roared, and then he jumped in and attacked. And he attacked his own reflection in the well, and he was trapped, and the hare jumped to safety. <laughs> but Rumi tells that story to say, whatever we're attacking is really our own reflection. But Allah is setting up these tests for us, and if we lash out, it's, set, it's showing us a veil that we don't see this is only... So that's a higher level. But the highest level of al-mu'min, mir'at al-mu'min, is al-mu'min, yani the believer, is a mirror of Allah. Because one of Allah's names is al-mu'min. That we are the mirrors of the divine reality. And the Prophet said, Qualify yourself with the qualities of God or characterize yourself with the characteristics of God. And so we should be the mirror that reflect His divine names and His attributes, His rahmah, His adl justice, His lutf, His gentleness. We should qualify ourselves by all these. And uh, what you seek is seeking you. No. And don't think that you could have Found it in your heart to seek Allah if He didn't first seek you? No. Alhamdulillah. Hmm. Another of the divine names is As-Sabur, the patient one. And you know, when you memorize the 99 names, as you probably all did when you were children, it's the last one. You have to have patience even to get there. (laughs) As-Sabur. And uh, that, it always. It always uh, impacted me, that name, and uh, it's a difficult one to embody. In many ways, maybe the hardest one. So I wrote this poem to encourage myself to have sabr, patience. There was a station called patience The few had attained. Most got off before that stop and only knew it in name. Those who basked in the sun but didn't care for the rain, were perplexed at those few who remained on the train. Paid them no mind and were blind to the secrets they knew, like the brightest colors hide in the deepest of blues. Opposite the direction most people pursue, there is a station called Patience, only known by a few. It may not have the bright lights or the games that amuse, but its beauty exceeds everything that they knew. The other stations always looked shiny and new, but this station stayed simple and hidden from view. Those who found patience seemed to find it by chance. Perhaps they fell asleep on the train. And woke up in its trance maybe a dream they had seen where the question was asked is there more to this place than appears at first glance some were forced there when the cost of living was high or the struggles and the troubles had chased them inside but those who entered her tavern and drank from her wine, found the place they called Patience was a station divine. For what looked to be ruins to the ones that passed by as they scoffed or they pitied those living inside. Patience people look back, and they pitied their pride which veiled them from what only patience could reveal or could hide. Patience is a trust the other stations refused. It infuses and transforms mortal vision anew. Patience is not merely waiting, though they're often confused. Patience is a station you awaken into. Once you find the one For whom patience is due, you'll see a mysterious relation between patience and you. Like a long lost memory that finally came into view, you'll see that patience has been patiently waiting for you. (laughs) Alhamdulillah. Now, Allah. Alhamdulillah. So we're speaking about truth and beauty, what a profound topic and it reminds me that I heard this uh, Christian philosopher, this bishop say recently that the spiritual life has always been about three things, it can be boiled down to three things, truth, goodness and beauty truth, goodness and beauty, and all of those are related to the divine reality. In fact, you could probably correlate them to divine names in our tradition. Definitely al-haq, al-bar, the the good, and beauty, 'ah, al-jama'ah. So, (coughs) he said, the challenge of our age and calling people and communicating about the spiritual life is that it's very hard to talk now to people about the truth because and I don't know maybe your country is different than my country but people always say well I have my truth and you have your truth and if you say the truth people flee from you. <laughs> truth with a capital T. So he said, it's difficult to speak to people anymore about the truth. But he said, you might think you could call people through the door of goodness. Who doesn't love goodness? He said, but the problem with that in a relativistic age is that when you posit something is good, you're implying something is bad. When you say something is right, you're saying something else is wrong. And people become uncomfortable with that. You have your right, I have my right. You have your good, I have my good. He said, however, the thing that is the most difficult to argue with is beauty, beauty. And Cat Stevens' use of Islam put it in the way that a songwriter could put it, he said, You can argue with a philosopher, but you can't argue with a good song. (laughs) And so, in all times, beauty is of utmost importance, but I think in our time, it's more important than ever uh, for the spiritual life. And uh, I've told this story before, but when I, this was some years back, and I was in Uh, Turkey, I was in Istanbul and my father came to visit me and uh, he's not a Muslim and it was his first time in a Muslim um, country and I took him to Sultan Ahmed, the Blue Mosque as it's called and I I very vividly remember the moment that we walked in together and for anyone who's, who's been there especially or at least seen pictures it's, it's incredibly majestic. You walk in and there's like no world outside. You've stepped into this other universe and it's majestic and vast with like these celestial spheres above you. But it's also subtle and beautiful with the detail of the calligraphy and the tile work and the way the light is coming through and the blues and the reds and all of the colors. And it was a time between prayer, but someone was making sajda over here, and someone was making dhikr over here. And all of that beauty was happening at once. And I knew in that moment that my father understood Islam from that moment more than all of those years of me speaking about it. Oh, oh, I understand what you're doing now. (laughs) This is the power of art. This is the power of beauty. And one philosopher said that art is the means by which the deepest truths of a religion were articulated to the masses. Not everyone reads every book like Ibrahim. Not not all of us can do that. Inshallah, we have himma to be like him. But not everyone can be an intellectual or philosophically minded or be a great scholar. That was always in every society for a small group of people for a certain type of person. But the vast majority of people connected with the divine and connected with the deep realities of spirituality through the, the gatherings of dhikr and song and the beautiful recitation of the scripture. Through visiting the beautiful masajid and the the tombs and the shrines where there was the art and calligraphy and tile work. Through even the beautiful uh, clothing and tapestry and pottery and all kind of things that would punctuate daily life in a traditional society. And so it's very important for us to not lose sight of that and to become simply consumers of fast goods that are created quickly one of them said in the modern world the artist is a particular type of man but in the ancient world every man is a particular type of artist we're not created to be consumers we're created on the divine names and one of the divine names is not the consumer but one of the Divine Names is Al-Khaliq and Al-Bari and Al-Musawwar Lahu Al-Asma Al-Husna the Creator and the Fashioner and the Former you know it's the Divine Artist and so to truly embody the Divine Names we should should all be artists and that doesn't mean you have to quit your job and become a painter but we should understand art in a vaster way you are a painter each moment you make a mark and when you die you step out of the painting and look at your art that our life is our art each one of us is an artist and our life is our work of art and on the day of rising everyone will present their art no no So may our art be beautiful, insha'Allah. And the greatest art is the art that the prophets, peace and blessings be upon them all, came to convey. Which is the art of being. And all other arts are tributaries of that. In fact, all other arts are supposed to help you cultivate that higher art. Being truly beautiful. With ihsan. Truly having ihsan. And that means to be in a state of remembrance. The Prophet ﷺ defined ihsan and ta'budullah ka'annaka tarahu fa'in lam ta'kun tarahu innahu yaraak. It is to devote yourself to Allah, to the Divine, as if you are witnessing Allah. And if you are not yet there, if you are not yet witnessing, to witness that He is witnessing you. That's the definition of ihsan. That's the definition of beauty. And goodness and beauty are actually the same word in Arabic ihsan means goodness and beauty. And it's the emphatic. But the Prophet, when asked, he didn't give the dictionary definition, he gave the spiritual reality of ihsan, which is a state of being. He's defining a state of being. Of witnessing, of awareness, of consciousness, of dhikr, dhikr. And so this is the art of remembrance. Now. Remember until it seeps into your bones like the December wind. Remember and remember and remember until remembrance wins. Till all remember wins, remember when there was nothing but remembrance. In the presence of beginningless, never ending present tense. Remember till a voice proclaims, What did we forget again? To the part that has resistance to remember starts to giving in. Remember then. Remember, then remember it again, again. A spirit greater than the universe has come and hid in skin. Remember the forgiver to the point that you forget your sins. Remember it's the giver until all your gifts are sent from him. Remember it's the giver until when you give, it's really him giving and receiving what is need if you are given him. Remember the reviver until when you die you live again. Remember the annihilator till your eyes subsists in him. Remember the inspired one who taught us how to get to him. Peace upon his soul and on his family and his holy friends peace upon his soul and on his family and his holy friends, who rose to even higher than an angel ever dare ascend, then out of love and mercy he returned into the world of man. Remember the all-seeing until all that you can see is him. And if you cannot witness this, then know this witness witnesses. Through your seeing vision, even though your feeble vision's dim, and when you draw near and tell he loves you, who is seeing then? You didn't throw when you threw, but we threw through your blessed hand. You didn't throw when you threw, but we threw through your blessed hand. Are you surprised the most high could throw through a mortal man? Hasn't he told you he molded you from something insignificant, then spoke to your clay as he blew his spirit into it? Remember the beloved until love itself transcends your skin. And radiates beyond you into everything that was and is. And will be if he wills it to be. In a million moments. kuleomen, Each affair he begins again. Polish the mirror so his light you reflect within. The rust that has formed on its face is forgetfulness. Each breath is a priceless chance. Remember him and the polish of hearts is the art of remembrance. Yeah, alhamdulillah. <laughs> alhamdulillah. Naam. And everything is about <coughs> remembrance. Everything is about remembrance. The Prophet said the li- likeness between the one who remembers God. And the one who does not remember is the likeness of the living and the dead. Living and the dead. The true life is is remembrance. And true death is not taking your last breath, but it's when your heart stops remembering. That just as physically we need breath to continue living, our heart needs remembrance just as often as we need breath or it will die so alhamdulillah to be in a gathering of remembrance mashallah and we have this amazing hadith khudsi where Allah says I am in the opinion of my slave and when he remembers me within himself I remember him within myself and when he remembers me in a gathering I remember him in a gathering greater than it and when he comes to me walking, I run towards him. And the hadith goes on. So alhamdulillah, we're being remembered. We're not just remembering. No. And that's the secret of remembrance, that when you remember, you're being remembered. No. And uh, no. that, that it brought something for me, I think. Ibrahim, you would appreciate this. And Amir, you would appreciate this as a poet. You get to the etymology of Ihsan means beauty, but also Jamal uh, means beauty. There are two roots. And you have both hadith. إِنَّ اللَّهَ جَمِيلٌ يُحِبُّ Jamal. Indeed, Allah is beautiful and loves beauty. But you also have إِنَّ اللَّهَ مُحْسِنٌ الْإِحْسَانِ Both of these hadith you'll find. What's the difference? If you go to like the hardcore Arabic dictionaries that go deep, not like the... You know, Basic ones. The difference is that it's very interesting. So Jamal, there's a word that you ma- there's a word for an animal that is made from the same root. Who knows, huh?
1: Camel.
2: Yeah, Jamal is is how you say camel. That's how we get camel in English. Actually, it comes from that, um, and so it comes from that root. So why they say actually that. The root means beauty, but specifically beauty of nose, to have a beautiful nose, and the camel has a beautiful prominent nose. But Ihsan means beauty of the eye. Beauty of the eye. So someone with a beautiful nose, Jameen. And someone with a beautiful eye is muhsan but isn't that amazing that the, the Prophet sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam then defined it as it is the beautiful eye is seeing Allah with your eye. That is true beauty of the eye. Sadaqa Rasulullah sallallahu Naam. So yeah, truth and beauty, mashallah. And Plato said that beauty is the splendor of the truth. They're related. And... No true expression of the truth is ever separate from beauty. No, Allah could have just delivered the truth. He could have just revealed the truth, but He chose to reveal the truth through the most beautiful human being, Sulayman. No. If it's separate from beauty, it's, it might not be the truth. <laughs> So check yourself when you want to tell the truth, but you don't want to tell it beautifully. It might not be the truth. Alhamdulillah. So um, I just wanted to recite one short poem, and then I'm going to close with a poem about Medina, inshaAllah. And uh, where is it? Oh, I wanted to say a little something about this book as well. No. So speaking of beauty, is that when I traveled throughout the Muslim world, I spent a lot of time, as I mentioned, in Turkey especially, and I would look at the old ancient manuscripts that were so beautiful and handwritten with calligraphy and the the paper was dyed beautifully and the leather and every aspect was done with ihsan, with beauty and attention. And then I would look at my normal paperback book and I would say, it's not the same. And so it put in my heart the desire to eventually create a a book that is itself a work of art. And this coincided with something that plays in my head often from one of my sheikhs when I visited him years ago, he said. It's one thing to make, uh, to write poems for God. It's another thing to make your life a poem for God. So I felt like it's, not, it's one thing to have a book of poems, it's another thing to make a book that is really an offering for God to the best of my ability. And so with this book this is, alhamdulillah, five years in the making and we went to uh, Turkey and we work with t- traditional bookbinders, and we have calligraphy for each individual piece that was taken from the Ulujami, this great Bursa, the, the Grand Mosque in Bursa, and we had a photographer take the pictures of all of these pieces. And so A lot of these calligraphy pieces are like floor to ceiling, huge pieces, so it was hard to get because you can't bring a ladder in there, so then we had to have a graphic designer render them and you know, digitize them and all these things. So we worked with Mukhtar Sanders, who's very talented, and he's the son of the renowned photographer Peter Sanders. And if you see Peter Sanders' books, he's the one who's done all of them, designed all of them. So anyway, he designed it, and it was a pleasure to work with him. And we, we, we selected and imported this special Japanese paper. And every detail like that we did. And in the end, and we knew this, but it makes no sense from a business standpoint, monetary standpoint. It's like, but, you know, as I said before, let somebody else worry about that. And we just want to make an offering for Allah. And whoever want, whoever feels moved by that, they can have a copy, inshallah. And whoever doesn't, it's not for them. So, and we only printed 999 of these. And there are less than 99 left. Mashallah. And like all of them are in this bookstore, actually. Because <laughs> all of the stock, you know, we sent them to three places. To America, to... England and here to this bookstore and all of the rest have sold out so this is the last uh, stock mashallah so Ibrahim could jack up the prices if he wanted to (laughs) this is the last one supply and demand (laughs) but in any case um, yeah and so this is for an offering for the divine and those who strive to remember the divine so with that said, I think I'll just close with the Medina poem because I've said a lot and then I don't know if uh, whatever else Ibrahim has planned were in his service. So this is a poem <coughs> excuse me, that takes a, just a little bit of an introduction, which is that um, a friend of mine named Imam Sohaib Sultan who was the chaplain, the Muslim chaplain at Princeton University in New Jersey. Uh, and he, he became friends, we became friends because he would invite me periodically during Rabi al-Awl to their molded celebration for the Prophet to recite poetry. And so I, I came to really appreciate the visits because his company was so beautiful and I saw the way he loved the Prophet and loved the Deen and loved serving the students, very service minded. And uh, we were saddened to hear that uh, when he was about 40 years old, very young still, that he had a pain in his side. He went to the doctor. The doctor told him, said, you will not live until next year. You have less than a year to live. And so very beautifully and courageously, he had been teaching people how to live prophetically. But he said, I'm going to teach people to die prophetically. And, you know, Imam Mendi said of him that in that last year he was a righteous man who Allah made a wali. You saw it just burn off his, his, anything that he had that he held to, and just completely surrendered to Allah. And I'll convey this from him in my last conversation with him a few months before he died. And he was teaching this course that we were doing, I think you were doing it, Amir was doing it with us, called A Year to Live for Rumi Center, our organization. And this is during the pandemic, we're all freaking out. Am I going to die? Right? Yeah. And so we did this January 1st to January 1st where we really contemplated, what if this was the last year of your life? How would you live? And for us, it was theoretical. But we, we, I asked him to be a teacher on this course because for him it's not theoretical. <laughs> you know. And he was like, yes, I want to be a part of that. And he was a part of it and he died three or four months into the course. Really intense experience. But in, one of, in my last conversation with him, he said, Islam is all about joy. And I remember because I said, yeah, it's all about love. He said, I didn't say love, I said joy. No, he said, yes, love, but I said joy. That's what he actually said. And um, he was really saying, if it's not joyous, it's not really Islam. And I felt him, what he was saying is like, When he knew his days were numbered, and all of us know our days are numbered, but we're delusional. If you go into the books of Tasawwuf, the spiritual, you know, the whole Sufism section, and you go to the manuals, they talk about diseases of the heart. And they're all very clear. Like, as an English speaker, they were all clear. There's like pride, arrogance, envy, things I understood what they were. But there was one that's called long hopes, Tula Al Aman. That doesn't mean anything in English. So I was like, what is that? But if you read, what it means is really it means you think you have time. To disease, a spiritual disease. It's basically whenever you say, I'm going to put off being who I know I should be till later. <laughs> it's a dangerous disease. May Allah cure us of that one. So that's what I heard him say, is like. <coughs> every day that he woke up and got to hug his daughter was the best day ever. But we, we think, oh yeah, but the gas prices went up today and uh, the weather, it's rainy, I didn't want it to rain today. And We've become all like this and he was just like, what is How could you not be joyous for every day because who knows how many will have left? So anyway, when he passed away Shortly after he passed away, I had the opportunity to make Umrah with his wife, his widow, Sister Arshi Ahmed, and when we were in Medina, she read something that he had written about his first visit to Medina, and it was so beautiful, and it moved me, and I asked her if I could put it in verse, if I could make a poem out of it, and she said, yes, Suhaib would love that. So this is the poem that I wrote in collaboration with Imam Soheb Sultan. And uh, who's been to Medina before? So inshallah this will be a means to bring you back to Medina <laughs> And whoever has not been to Medina yet Inshallah this is a means for an invitation to Medina Bismillah Imam Musa Muhammad wa Ali Muhammad They say one who falls in love becomes a poet in a breath And poets who taste love, they rend their shirts and bare their flesh. Perhaps it's why the poets are accused of heresy, but true poets and true lovers, what have they to do with me? And how can I pretend to speak of what is beyond words when silent tears and trembling sighs are far to be preferred? Yet I'm compelled to pen a poem of praises nonetheless for my beloved in his city and that garden where he rests. To remind myself of what I felt and I was blessed to see for I fear my many sins will cloud my sacred memories. When I was gifted Ya Rasulullah at first to gaze upon your masjid silhouetted by that holy mountain range. The opening I felt as I recalled your words of light. Whoever visits me in death is one who visits me in life. How many countless souls have come to greet you and give thanks. I trembled with the honor to be counted in their ranks. The poor of wealth but rich of soul who saved their lives for this to offer their salams to you the earth you walk to kiss the rich of wealth but poor of soul who know you won't reject the sinner and the scoundrel too you welcome and accept the saintly and the knowers come from every distant land to bask within your light and bless the mercy sent to man. Salam upon the chosen one, our guide who showed the way. We seek his intercession when we stand upon that day. Peace upon the holy one, our master and our means, Allah's supreme beloved who led us to the love supreme. As we entered to the precinct of your courtyard, we recalled the words our teachers taught us, and we let our voices call. Allah, who open up the gates of mercy and your grace, this prayer I thus repeated as I stumbled to the place. Right before your glowing dome, and there I wish to fall, prostrate, and to weep. But I just stood in silent awe And gazed upon your dome As all those more prepared began To sing their salawat to you Salatu was salam Ya Nabi, salam alaikum Salam alaikum, ya Rasul Ya Habib, salam alaikum Peace and blessings unto you Ya Nabi, salam alaikum, salam alaikum, ya Rasul. Ya Habib, salam alaikum, peace and blessings unto you. To be interrupted rudely by one who told us, move along, and something about an innovation to express a sacred song. But the sadness that I felt for him, and what it really was. See, the greatest innovation is not to drown within his love. Some tried to just explain to him the purpose and the prayers. But for one who hasn't tasted love, no words this veil can tear. Then we recalled the wisdom you had taught us all along when the ignorant address you, just respond to them, sana. I thought of those even within your time not given eyes to see they never saw Rasulullah, they just saw the Hashemite yatim as I thought of those within your time not given eyes to see my eyes they flowed with tears that Allah gave that gift to me and those who've not laid eyes on you but witness in their hearts draw near to you in spirit though in body far apart Allah oh how I yearn that I might become one of them may you be pleased and raise the rank of all your holy friends as I entered in, Ya Ahmed, to the door of As-Salam and saw that paradisal garden that has blossomed on the land. And then I raised my gaze and I beheld the golden gates that guard the garden of the garden, your noble resting place. And I was overwhelmed with ashamed shame and with dismay. my state as I approached you, and how I'd fallen from your way. For though I claim to follow you, and love with all my heart, my actions they belie my words, my book with sin is marked. You were sent here to perfect our souls, and you perfectly conveyed. Yet how imperfect in your path I am, in utter disarray. You prayed while others slept, yet all these nights I failed to rise. Your way was loving service, but I neglect and turn aside. So many souls in need while you with humbleness provide. My provision is my selfishness my arrogance and pride how much i've disappointed you how can i even call your name will you return salams of one who truly deserves blame and when you're weaving through the crowd and crying ummati, that day Rasulullah, will you embrace me then or will you turn away But as I came before you, my anxieties dispersed, and I knew then why you truly are the mercy to the world. As tears came streaming down my face, your presence overflowed, and I was consumed in an ocean of a love I'd never known. I could feel within my soul Your reply to each salam and the warmth of your embrace as if you held me in your arms. And know that in your midst there is the messenger of God. I understood the meaning of this verse in the Qur'an. Allah supreme, he speaks the truth and there in truth I saw. How I was freed from my sins by your love, Rasulullah. So with the veil between myself and those who would object, I danced within your courtyard and praised your name with every breath. And in the morning between the green dome and the gate of perfect peace, my heart made wudu with these tears of joy and perfect ecstasy. As I proclaim my love for you, for through your light I've seen a bliss that you've unlocked for me inside my inner being. And the faces of the lovers in your mosque that you've inspired, their hearts were set aflame with the same eternal fire. The Pakistani villager asking God to make him wise to write the book upon his heart and to see you with his eyes. The Turkish lady handing fruits to all who passed her way in joyous celebration of this very special day. The Persian sheik in robes of black who wept just like a child. The turbaned Africans reciting verses as they smiled. The Western seekers joined their throngs and shared such moving words and we even heard your praises in the singing of the birds. The Chechens with their caps and vests, the Kurds who wore their sash, the women making dua with sleeping babies in their laps. As the day of our departure neared, more and more I knew a sadness grow within my heart, the thought of leaving you. A restlessness within my soul, even as I slept. A glimpse of what Bilal at your departure must have felt. And as I donned my shroud and set out for the house of God, I kept looking back and wishing I'd be always where you are. With tears and trembling breaths, my consolation was the hope that this was not goodbye. that our love would always grow with tears and trembling breaths my consolation was the prayer that this was not the final time that I would greet you there O Allah make my family my community and friends among those who at the basin drink from his blessed hands and in the highest place within the garden are embraced In the loving arms of Ahmed, gazing on his smiling face. Allah, show your mercy to those who've beat us to the grave. We will follow soon behind them. May both they and we be saved. Allahumma, show your mercy to those who've beat us to the grave and accept this humble offering for our dear Imam Suhaib. May he be there with the Chosen One to greet us when we pass through the veil and to welcome us with joyous tears and laughs. O Allah, make them and us be loved to your Habib. We ask this by your noble names, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O Allah, make our families, our communities and friends among those who at the basin drink from his blessed hand and in the highest place within the garden are embraced in the loving arms of Ahmed gazing on his smiling face with tears and trembling breaths our consolation is the prayer that this is not the final visit but that he will greet us there Allahumma <laughs> salli wa sallim wa barik alayhi wa ala Alhamdulillah. (laughs) Alhamdulillah.
0: Whenever people come to the bookshop and they they don't know who you are and they pick up your book, I always say that there are three ways to experience Baraka. (laughs) The first is to read his poetry. The second is to watch a clip on YouTube, (laughs) hear his voice, or or listen to Path and Presence mm. his uh, podcast mm-hmm. and the, the third and the highest <coughs> way is to be in the same room mm. when he is, is reciting his poem because you you feel the poem embodied mm. and you're occupying the same space as the words are being spoken mm. and then when you return back to the book you mm. come back to that state mm. again and mm. again mm. so the, the, the book or the book that you have made so lovingly mm. Is able to transport us back Ameen. to this room whenever we open this pages. Yes. Such is the technology that. Ameen. <laughs> <laughs> Ameen. Al-hamdulillah. Ameen. I always put in the plug for okay. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you uh, for your your gift of of yeah. uh, the book. And your the gift of your presence. Yeah. it's a great privilege. Thank yeah.
2: You. yeah. Al-hamdulillah, thank you. And yeah, what you say, you know, in Arabic, as you know that. Poetry is shi'r and the poet is the sha'ir and the root of that word means to feel deeply, to be aware. And so poetry is that which if you understand it but it doesn't move you, the poem has completely failed. Just like if a comedian tells a joke and you understand it but don't laugh, he failed. (laughs) Likewise, it's not to be just understood, it's to be felt. So inshallah i mean to what you said that that we we feel we be the the ones that can feel and i also want to say you know and i say this every time but i really mean it that this bookstore is a very is a gem and if you're from singapore you may not realize but i've traveled a lot all over the world and you won't find a bookstore like this anywhere Uh, i i believe this is that this is the best english language bookstore um, for books on Islam anywhere on earth. I've never seen. uh, So I would encourage you to support this effort, you know, and and I know it's because Sidi Ibrahim, and of course others, but I know he like hand selects. You need a curator. You need that. And the thing about a bookstore is that that you don't get on Amazon or online, is that if you go online and buy a book, okay, you heard about a book, you know you want that book. The beauty of a bookstore is you go in thinking you want one book and then you learn about a hundred other books. Really, that's very valuable. And maybe there's a book that was looking for you. What you seek is seeking you. But you had to walk in and then it found you. And, uh, you know... I basically embraced Islam like that because I walked into the University of Washington bookstore in Seattle where I'm from and I was searching, I was looking in the spirituality religion section and I came across this book that said uh, the Sufi path of knowledge, which I know you have here actually, I saw it and Ibn Arabi. And I had heard of Ibn Arabi, there was another circumstance that I heard, so then I, and I was I'd read all this roomy poetry, so I liked Sufism. So I was like really intrigued by this and that was it for me. So I didn't know I was looking for that book, but it was looking for me. Allah was looking for me through it. So, you know, you may be able to find a book cheaper on Amazon, but you should support this place. It's very valuable to have something like this. It's, you should consider it like a, like, a, um, like a sacred space in your city. So that's, he didn't ask me. He may be embarrassed that I'm saying this, but <laughs> uh, honestly, like, make sure you do that. I would buy a lot more books, but I have to travel for three more weeks and my luggage already have to pay extra. So, yeah, let's <laughs> see. But inshallah, buy all the books for me, inshallah. So, thank uh, you. I
1: was
0: wondering if um, we have time to sure. do some uh, autographs of the books. Yeah. Uh, so, anyone who wants they uh, can... Uh, come forward with their book or can purchase uh, a new book and you can have uh, either um, Amira or Baraka uh, sign your book.
2: Yes. As-salamu <laughs> alaykum. As-salamu alaykum.